Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live, and I am your host for this hour. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And once again, I will be taking your questions and prayer requests. As you just heard at the opening of the show, you can call in and be on the air and ask your questions, maybe about the Bible. Maybe you got a question about uh, Christian living or current events. How do we uh, look at it in, in a Christian worldview? Uh, I'd love to be able to show you the Word of God as it applies to your question to give you clarity and understanding the best I know how. We always go to God's Word and God's counsel. And the number is 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines and love to talk to you about Jesus, point you to the Word of God, and to pray with you as well, uh, to lift you up in prayer. And I'm sure that many of you that are listening, perhaps you need prayer, and I want to encourage you in that way. And that really is the heart of Calvary Live, not only to answer your questions, but to encourage you and to pray with you and to bless you and and to bless all the listeners that have joined in uh, for this next hour. Uh, I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, 101.7 in Southern uh, Colorado, from Pueblo and Colorado Springs up to Monument. And then also I want to welcome 89.7 listeners from Castle Rock up into Southern Wyoming and out in the far plains of Northeast Colorado Welcome to Calvary Live. You're listening live, and then those of you listening in the East Coast on Hope FM, and then also Truth FM, Hope FM reaches Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and then Truth FM, the radio network. You guys are new to Calvary Live, and would love to hear from you guys in Kentucky and Tennessee and North Carolina, certain parts that uh, you are able to, uh, at this hour, be able to listen, even though you are a week delayed. Uh, you get to call in. Someone will answer 303-690-3000 and ask your questions or give your prayer requests. And then you get to listen to the show next week as you talk and as you ask those questions. And so I love hearing from you guys from the East Coast. I'm yet to talk to somebody from Truth FM. So please, please give me a call and uh, let's uh, go to the Word of God together. We want to be a blessing to you. So welcome to Calvary Live today. There is a second way that you can ask questions or uh, give prayer requests, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. Let me give you that number again. And those of you who are new to Calvary Live, one of the things that, that I have done is I put it in my contacts, Calvary Live, and then you can just pull it up, 720-336-0897. No one will answer that line. It's a dedicated text line, but you can text in a question and a prayer request. And as time permits, as we uh, go through the show and are waiting for callers or have a little uh, break from the calls, we'll go to those text questions. Matter of fact, I want to quickly go to a text question that came in yesterday. I, I really wish I had time 
to answer it, but somebody texted in, and and the way that they signed it uh, really got my attention. But they were saying that they're tired and discouraged from doing ministry and any advice that I could give to them, and it was signed, A Tired Servant. And I just wanted to to answer that, but didn't quite have the time to do that. But uh, I, I think that a lot of you that are listening, wherever you're at, that perhaps at times in life and in your service to the Lord, whether it's serving at a church or whether it's raising your children in the ways of the Lord that is pleasing to God, whether you're taking elderly uh, care of elderly parents, maybe perhaps you're serving in, in the community some way, you're serving the Lord, but continue to look to him because we do get tired and we can get discouraged and the enemy comes against us and we go through all this spiritual warfare. And I know that uh, in my 25 years of ministry that there are seasons where I get tired and I get discouraged. And I remember what Jesus said when he was on that hillside in Galilee. He said, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so he is your rest. Go to him. He desires for you to do that as he calls out to you, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. And his uh, yoke is easy and his burden is light. But also I want to remind you uh, of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When he finished that chapter, he would exhort the Christians and us by saying, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And then the writer of Hebrews in chapter 6, verse 10 says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. The Lord sees your work, and he's pleased with it. And one day we're going to stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to receive rewards for what we have done for him. And to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. The Lord needs laborers. And he would say to his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I want to encourage you, you who perhaps that you're tired, maybe you're discouraged in, in serving the Lord or uh, being in a place where God has you right now, um, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you if we can. Uh, but I hope that's an encouragement to you. Uh, today. Well, let's go to our our phone lines. Let's go to Stella in Aurora. Stella? Yes, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. You're welcome. I just have a question. Uh, I I, I just have a question that um, what do you think of women becoming pastors? Because I, I... I do listen to some of the the sermons on 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 television, on like the Joyce Myers and everything. What what do you think of mm-hmm. that? Well, I think first of all, it, 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 there's a couple things that I want to uh, say that I know there's some very wonderful uh, women that are wonderful teachers of the Word of God. Um, they're very intelligent. Uh, we have women here at the church that teach. Um, they're great teachers. We have um, a lady that teaches the lady study. We have those who teach the children. So there are those who have the gift of teaching. Um, I think that when it comes to listening to those on TV, 
just be discerning uh, what you're listening to and filter it through the Word of God. Uh, some of them are involved in the Word Faith Movement, and you need to you need to be wise and discerning in who you listen to. And that's with either a woman or a man that is teaching. Second thing, when it comes to specifically your question about women in the role and the authority of a pastor, I very much hold to what First uh, Timothy chapter 3, as Paul is talking to Timothy, that whole epistle is about order in the church and how the church is set up. And we know that Paul would write concerning overseers or pastors or bishops that a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, a good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. He's given the qualifications. It's repeated again in Titus, um, in that pastoral epistle. In Titus, uh, he gives the qualifications as well as Titus. Titus is told to establish elders, as well as Timothy at the church of Ephesus. And he says the qualifications of elders— that a man is to be blameless, the husband of one wife. I think it's awfully hard um, for um, what I see uh, for a woman to be a pastor that doesn't fit the qualification of husband of one wife. And and so I believe that God calls the men to be in that role of of pastor, of elder, or of bishop, um, all interchangeable terms. And that's my conviction from the Word of God. Like I said, I know there, there are some that disagree with that. I know there's some very good uh, women teachers that are out there, uh, but we can also see where Paul uh, wrote to Timothy and said that, um, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, um, and that's in that teaching role. Now, that doesn't mean they can't teach. We have women I very much appreciate their their blessing they are to the church, how they serve, uh, how they teach. We have women teaching other women. We have women that um, that teach uh, even uh, in in the children or with youth. But I don't have a woman behind the pulpit in the role of a pastor. So Stella, I don't know if that helps, and I know that sometimes okay. that doesn't satisfy people, <laughs> but that's uh, what the Word of God has to say. Okay. Okay, no, there's a, a the only thing that that confused me was that uh, where it says in one scripture where the woman has to be silent in the church. I didn't understand yeah. that. What well, that's that, that's what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, it doesn't mean that. What it means is, is Paul is saying that the woman is doesn't mean that she has to keep quiet because we know, I believe, when you go to cross reference First Corinthians chapter 14, that Paul does not forbid a woman to prophesy um, in the church. So it isn't that she is to, you know, zip it up and not speak in the church. There's some that take it that way, but you got to take it in the context that um, that the woman is to be in submission to the, the authority of the men that are in the church as the role of a pastor, and that's what he's saying. And um, so— um, like I said, I so much we couldn't do what we do without um, the women serving here at Calvary Chapel Greeley with teaching. Uh, but when it comes to the leadership and the role and the authority of a pastor, we believe that that is to be reserved for the men. Um, but um, again, taking it from what Paul has to say, listen, Stella, women have a very uh-huh. important role in the church. They really do, and I'm so appreciative 
of what they do. And um, they're very smart, very, very smart and have the gift of teaching. And so, but we, we do it according to the order that God gives to us in the New Testament. All right? Oh, yes, I understand that. Thank you. And I, I do appreciate what the, uh, now I do understand more about it now. And I do appreciate your yeah. answer. Well, thank you. You bet. Okay. Thanks for calling in, Stella. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. You good. God bless you, and you take care. You too, Stella. Have a good evening. Okay, how this works is is when somebody hangs up, then there's a free line. So grab one of those free lines. We're early in the show. Uh, chances are, as you wait, I know sometimes you have to be patient and wait as we discuss some of these topics, but um, love to be able to talk to you. And, and I do want to say to you uh, ladies that are out there, so appreciate your ministry, so much respect your ministry, your intelligence in the Scripture and stuff, but we just go according to what the God, Word of God has to say. Let's go to Kevin in Colorado Springs. Kevin? Yes. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you, Pastor. Good. What can we do for you? Um, well, um, I've got a long story, and I'm going to cut it way down, and, and I don't okay. want to go into too much detail, but some of the details are kind of necessary. Um, my brother and his wife um, are in the in the middle of a divorce. They're actually kind of closing in on the end, but uh, about a I'm month or two that. ago, um, about a month or two ago, my wife's brother um, slept with my brother's wife. Um, and so, like I said, you don't have to get detailed in this. You can just, you know, that something happened and a sin issue. And so I'll let you continue. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And that's as much detail as I want to get into. It's just, it's caused so much turmoil in the family. Um, not just between, um, my brother-in-law and and my brother or me or anything, but, I mean, it's caused turmoil in between um, marriages in the family and just a lot of things. And uh, I'm, I'm concerned, like, honestly, I'm concerned for my soul because right now I don't want to forgive him. Um, and, and right now the way I'm feeling is I don't even want to see him again, and I don't know if I can forgive him. Um, without wanting to see him, I, I guess I, I don't know. I'm right. just kind of discouraged because the forgiveness is still far off for me, I feel like, if ever. Yeah. And I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is a difficult situation, kind of what you described, because there's a lot of hurt right now. And here's the thing, Kevin, about sin. And I, I want all our listeners to understand this. Sometimes when people pursue sin, when it comes to immorality or pleasure, or whatever the case may be, they don't always think about the consequences of that sin. They're just thinking about, you know, pleasing um, their flesh and in the moment. But the problem is, and then some people are deceived into thinking, well, if I do this or involved in this sin, I'm not hurting anyone. I've had people sit in my office say that. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm involved in this, you know, sinful relationship or uh, immorality or whatever. And it's like, you're kidding yourself. The problem with sin is you not only hurt yourself, but you hurt a whole lot of people around you. And that's what you're describing. You're describing your family being hurt and you personally because of these sinful actions. And so you've been cut deep, right? You're, you're feeling yes. it. And yeah. one, of the hardest, one of the hardest things, Kevin, that God has called us to do, especially when we've been cut deep, 
we've been hurt or we've been abandoned or we've been, um, you know, uh, any of those kinds of situations that we go through betrayed. And, and you probably feel a lot of that been betrayed, uh, your family members, you're hurt, you're confused, because that's how sin affects us. But God calls us to forgive. Now, number one, remember that forgiving doesn't mean that you just condone their sin. No big deal. Boys will be boys. It's serious, and it hurts. But forgiving, listen, is something that, as I said, is the hardest thing that God has called us to do. Because I'll speak for myself, when somebody has hurt me very deeply or betrayed me or cut me deep, I'm not holy enough just to forgive all at once. But I am called to forgive. And I think it is something that you do over and over again, day by day, bit by bit. And the honesty of your heart, say, Lord, I'm having a hard time here. I'm having a hard time forgiving, and Lord, help me to forgive and to pray for those who have hurt you. And the Lord begins to do that supernatural work in you. But here's the thing that happens if you don't forgive, and that's why we have the imperative to forgive in Scripture. If you don't forgive, then that person has power over you. And and that's such a terrible situation and position to be in. So, Kevin, for you, it is day by day, moment by moment, asking the Lord to help you to forgive. Lord, in the honesty of my heart, I'm having a hard time here. I've been hurt, and he understands that. But go to him. And and it's a choice that you make that, Lord, I choose to forgive, but, Lord, help me in my heart to really, really forgive. And you don't have that situation or whoever hurt you or whatever the case may be having power over you. Because what happens if you don't forgive, Kevin, then you're going to start becoming bitter, and you're going to start to become angry. And you're and pretty soon it grows, and it's like cancer, and it just begins to take you over. And I've known people that have refused to forgive because of a difficult situation, and all of a sudden the years pass by, and they're bitter and they're angry, and it begins to just take over their soul and their heart, and it begins to really affect you spiritually, and. The Lord wants to help you to forgive. Again, it doesn't mean that you just, you know, oh, well, no big deal. But he's going to do that supernatural work in you, um, and he's going to help you to do that. And and as you pray for that individual, soon your heart, as the Lord does that work, begins to work in your heart in that way. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you, Kevin. Okay. You got any other questions? Does that help? Um it, it, yeah, it, it absolutely does help. Um, I, uh, I I guess the only question I have, and I <laughs> I think I already know the answer, but I mean, if if he never repents from his sin and he never expresses any, um, if he's not sorry at all, I mean, I, I'm going to still try to forgive, but right. how do I? deal with him, I guess, you know, because he's family. So it's not like I'm never going to see him again. It's just a hard position to be in. It is. It is very hard to be in. And and that's the thing. You know, Jesus said, you remember to Peter, 
they asked him, how many times do I forgive? And, and yeah. Peter's trying to be spiritual, and he says seven times, and the Lord says, no, you forgive 70 times seven. seven. Now, the Lord's, Lord's not saying, okay, you know, Peter's there going 490 times, and then that's it. <laughs> um, the whole, you know, we know that the message is um, that you keep on forgiving. Jesus even said, I believe in Luke's gospel, and I have to find a reference, that um, when he's talking about forgiveness, that you forgive seven times in a day. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lot. Yeah. So you continue to forgive, but here's the thing. Continue to give truth. Continue yeah. to say what you're doing is wrong. It's hurting people, and I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to associate with it. I'm going to distance myself from it, and you need to repent. So that's your action. Again, it doesn't mean that you just, oh, well, I'm not going to say anything, and boys will be boys, and just you know, overlook it. To in love say, listen, you need to repent from this sin, and this is wrong, and this is what God's Word says, because eventually it's going to catch up with them. Here's the thing to always remember about those who continue in disobedience or hurting people, that Paul gives us a spiritual you know, law there in the book of Galatians. He says, don't be deceived, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. And if you sow unto the flesh, you're going to reap what? Corruption. If you sow unto the Spirit, you're going to reap into everlasting life. That is a spiritual law for everyone, and no one is exempt from that. And pretty soon, it will begin to bear its rotten fruit, and um, and that's what's going to happen. And pretty soon, it isn't you know going to be so desirable, and it's going to have a heavy weight, and and it begins to wipe that person out and do them in, and and all of that. So be praying for them, praying that the Lord will draw them to Himself, that they'll repent from it, open up their eyes, sense the conviction of the Lord if they're a Christian. And uh, you continue to pray for them in this situation. Okay. I'm so sorry that you're hurt in that way. And uh, let me pray for you, Kevin. Okay, thank you. Father, I pray for Kevin as he's been hurt. And um, it is very distressing. It's very um, hard. Um, I'm sure those feelings of anger and um, being discouraged, um, just uh, being betrayed and cut deep uh, weighs on him. And when we're so overwhelmed with emotion, it seems like that's so, we just give all our attention to that. So I pray for Kevin, you would help him to get his eyes on you. In the honesty of his heart, he would go to you and ask for help to forgive because we have the imperative to forgive, knowing that we're not you know, condoning their sin, um, we're not approving of their sin, even dismissing it, but we choose to forgive so that situation doesn't have power over us. And Lord, I pray for Kevin that you would free him and give him the wisdom to be able to speak to all those involved, uh, to speak with the authority of your word, to give correction, to be able to do that uh, in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate your time. You bet, and we'll be praying for you, brother. All right, thank you. You bet. It can be very difficult to forgive, but 
we have the imperative to forgive in Scripture and keep doing it over and over and over again. Hey, we got some open lines, so let's let's grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs, and let's go to Dustin in Baltimore. Hello, Dustin? Pastor. How's everything? Good. How are you? How's the weather out there? Oh, it's beautiful today. You know, we had really cold last week. And it was so discouraging and cloudy and a little snowy. So we're about 55 degrees today. Yeah, it's about 65 here. We had, we had some cold days, too, uh, a couple of days ago, but now it's warming up. Spring's around the corner, though. <laughs> it is. is it is, sure. Dustin. Yeah. yeah, and you guys for, probably get spring a little bit earlier. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, anyway. your, uh, brother, the brother that just called just uh, a second ago, yeah, I feel for him. I'm praying for him. Hey, brother, be angry, but sin not, and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And as Christ said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, because if they did, they wouldn't have done it. You know, and and those yeah. that don't know Christ don't know no better unless they have the Holy Spirit to discern it to them. So I'm right. praying for you, brother. And yeah, uh, sister you. before, a uh, sister before him. It's kind of funny. I was on the chat line today with my Christian sister on uh, Christian chat, and she asked me the same question: Should women preach in the church? And I told her the same thing that you said. So, yeah, that was yeah. kind of uh, uh, ironic. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. The last verse in John, uh, 25, it says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did in which if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now, there's millions and millions and millions of books, and Christ has only been in the uh, the ministry and the things that he's done and the miracles for three years. Now, does it mean that because he's God and author of of uh, the beginning and the end that he's written uh, from life to the end? Is that what that means, or what does that mean? I mean, because it couldn't have been for the three years of ministry that... Um, that the books couldn't contain it because there's zillions of them out there. Yeah. You know, um, Dustin, when you figure it out, will you call back and let me know? Um, because it is an interesting verse. I, I kind of follow the line that you just mentioned, that I think that many other things that Jesus did, it's just an ongoing work among his disciples and um, in the world today. Um, so, uh, you know, um, I, that's what I think it is. It tells us that yeah. not only in his earthly ministry, he did so much more that it's not even written, but over the last 2,000 years. And right. that's, the, that's the way I kind of take it. So um, obviously I think it, it would be that. Because so, like right. you said, there's a lot of books, millions of books. So good right. question, though. A lot of people ask about that. Right, so. and I also have a prayer request. I just got on to uh, this Christian chat, and I uh, read, I mean, met a real nice uh, woman, you know, a nice Christian uh, woman that homeschools her children and everything, and we've been talking for quite a long time, and she's just wonderful and a wonderful mother. But just like me, she prays for the, the site, because there's been a lot of people 
on the site that it, it feels like it's a secular site instead of a Christian site, yeah. and they just and talk about all kinds of stuff that shouldn't yeah. be talked about. So could you pray for them? I mean, yeah. it's called Christian I'm gonna, chat. I'm going to do that real quick right before we go to break. So, Lord, I pray for this Christian chat, that it would honor you, and, Lord, that it would be edifying and encouraging um, to to all that are on it, and Lord, that it would be those on it desiring to glorify you in every way. I thank you for uh, the call of Dustin. I pray that you bless him and to be an encouragement to uh, being on that chat and uplifting and biblical in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Dustin, thanks for calling. We're going to go to break. Okay. God bless you, Pastor. Bye bye. You too. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You just heard those numbers on how you can be a part of the program, giving us a call at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. We've had a wonderful first half, and I want to get right to Jesse and Loveland. He's been on hold Jesse, you are on Calvary Live. Yes, how are you? Uh, Pastor I'm good, Jeff, Jesse. I, first of all, I want to say I really appreciate your program, and uh, I you. listen to the radio station all day, and the question and answer segment just really does a lot for me. And that that gentleman, Kevin, is having yes. trouble with his, uh, his son. I go through that same thing, so I really appreciate the advice you gave him. It's like you're speaking praise to me as well. Well, praise uh, God. My question is, I, I have my granddaughter most weekends, and she's only like four years old. And uh, we were talking about, she was talking about her mom and stuff, and she asked me if I had her mom, and and I said, yeah. And I said, well, she says, where is she? And says, well, she's gone to be with the Lord and stuff, you know, and stuff. And uh, also my one of my son also and stuff. And she says, well, I want to see Jesus, you know. And uh, I didn't know how to answer or reply, you know, that, you know, he's in our heart and stuff. I could tell her that much, but she says, well, I want to go see him. I didn't know how right. to answer that. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard for a four-year-old to grasp that, and um, they just don't—it's hard for them to grasp um, Jesus and heaven and even just death. They have a hard time understanding that, that as we know that everyone's going to die, and then comes the judgment. But they don't quite understand that. So she's saying, I want to see Jesus too, because she wants to see Grandma. She wants to see those that she misses. And so what I would say to her is, one day you will. You know, you have Jesus in your heart. That was a good answer, Jesse. And um, he came to to save us for... Um, and then to explain to her in simplicity that, you know, one day we're all going to, uh, who believe in Jesus, going to go to heaven. and um, But that day hasn't come. And how much she understands death, um, that our lives will come to an end, that may be a little bit of a difficult concept, but that's okay. If you just assure her that um, 
you know, her grandmother um, and, um, you know, and who she's concerned are safe in Jesus' arms. They are in heaven. That brings them great comfort. And one day you will see them again. Um, but right now, um, you know, Jesus hasn't taken us home to be with him. And one day he will. So you can make it as simple as that. And then mm-hmm. as they get older, they begin to understand a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it's a hard one, you know, for a four-year-old yeah. because it's hard for them. It's, I think it's hard for them to, you know, I grew, raised four kids and some, some, you know, they're all different. Some are like, okay, no big deal. Others are real sensitive. Yeah. And, and if you talk too much about death, it scares them. Um, yeah. and, and then they begin to think, well, grandpa, what happens if you die? So you kind of know where she's at. And, and as you go through the discussion, make it very simple and comforting to her that, you know, they're, they're with Jesus. They're safe in heaven. One day we will see them again. And if she starts asking when, will that be, well, one day when Jesus takes us home? Well, what does that mean? Usually, you know, you just kind of go along with the conversation and then as best as you can and gently as you can uh, explain that one day we will, that our lives will end here and then we'll go home to be with Jesus. And then just keep it very simple in those terms. Yeah. Well, you know, and I didn't want to say, well, you have to die to see Jesus, and I didn't want you yeah. know put that into her her mind. You know that that's you know that'd be a bad thing to say. You know what I'm saying, meaning? Yeah, and, it's very so. scary to them, and and then yeah. they they're afraid that you're going to die, or the people around them are going to die. So that's why I would just start out. You know, one day we'll be with Jesus, and we don't know when, but yeah. but one day we will. And and usually they're they're satisfied with that a four year old, but. Um, I keep it simple in that way. Yeah. Well, that's why when I said, well, he's in our, in our hearts, you know, and stuff, and, th- and then I just put yeah. it into it, and she didn't say anything else after that. But yeah. she yeah. just caught me off, off guard on that question. It's like... <laughs> they do that, I'm, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, you know. Um, they, they're they thinking. They're thinking. And it's interesting how what's going through to the little minds and yeah. um, thinking in those terms because... They know that something's not quite right, and that's why I said just focus on bringing comfort to them in simplicity, and I think you've done a good job. Well, thank you. And I, I just ask if you say a prayer for her as well, you know, for, you know, I, I pray for her every day and stuff, and just protection, because uh, um, there's so much bad stuff out there that, you know, as, as we grow up as kids, and then we become an adult, that it can... Uh, take us in the wrong spots that we shouldn't be. Amen. I tell you, you, I tell you what, and Jesse, keep praying for your grandchildren. Uh, you know, Satan's working overtime on our children and starting at a very young age. Um, he goes after them. So father, I pray for Jesse. I pray that you give him wisdom, that you give him discernment, being able to minister to his, um, granddaughter, I pray that you bring comfort to her, um, that comfort of knowing that Jesus is with us and that we will one day be with him for all eternity. And Lord, I just pray for for her. I'm very thankful that 
Um, she has a grandfather that loves her, is praying for her. It, it wants to minister to her. So I pray for Jesse. You give him the wisdom and discernment to be able to do that and to bless his granddaughter and all his family in every way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Have a good evening. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And with you today, 303-690-3000. We have some open lines. You can text me in a question. Um, and if we got time here in a little bit, we'll go over some of those text questions, 720-336-0897. But Tom from Baltimore has been waiting. Tom, you're yes. on Calvary Live. How are you? Hi, how, doing real well, thank you. Just want to say Good. I really appreciate your ministry, and it uh, means a lot to me to hear some some good uh, insight on a lot of different topics. So, yeah. And that's basically really what I'm looking for today, is just a little insight on uh, the, the Calvary style of worship. And, I mean, I've been around Calvary for a long time, and, and, and I know... Uh, and I know the style of worship, but I'm I'm just trying to. Um, I was just going over some uh, some worship conference videos and some teachings, and what I what actually started me out. I was looking for uh, like a little book, like we have the philosophy of ministry or uh, right Calvary distinctives and things like that, and I really just couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically addressing that. So I was just wondering your thoughts on that. You know, you're probably looking at, um, if you're listening to the conferences, they do that, what, in January usually, uh, right after the first of the year. Um, I think you're kind of getting the philosophy. But it's a little bit, because um, you said you've been a part of Calvary for a long time. You know the whole contemporary worship came out of Calvary Chapel movement. And right. you when. Pastor Chuck started ministering to the young people, to the hippies, that they started writing their own songs and and guitars and drums they started using. At first, uh, as you know, Tom, probably, you know, there were those who said that this is wrong, it's occultic, um, stay away from it, but it was a new style of worship. I think the key for worship is, in what I tell, um, I'm so blessed um, that I have Travis here, uh, Loudon, who... um, graduated from the Ocean Edge School of, uh, of Worship Ministry that has been with me for five years, some of the other guys that lead us in worship. I think the real key, as I tell them, is that lead us in worship and then disappear. Right. Um, not, not to be showy, not to draw attention to yourself, but worship is something that we want to enter into. Now, you know, there can be debate about songs and things like that. We, we To me, I want to sing songs um, not just about the Lord. I want to sing songs to the Lord that are addressed right. to Him. I want to sing those songs that, are, you know, are biblically uh, based. Um, and that can be a little bit challenging. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's, you know, as long as we're doing that and as long as we're desiring to honor the Lord— and to bring people into worship, um, into the presence of the Lord, and that's the whole idea. It's because right. what can happen is is that can end up taking a little bit of a performance or a little bit of a show, 
And yeah. um, I, un- I, I understand that. I, I get that. Um, but for me personally, and I'm like you, I've been in Calvary Chapel a long time. I'm an old guy. And um, I, I can worship whether it's a guy on a guitar just singing or whether it's a worship band. But right. the thing is, to enter into worship is what we want to do. Um, do you and, still sense? Do you still sense the same um, energy that there was years ago? With the, I mean, is 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 the spirit still? I mean, I I know that he is, right? Um, but I'm just wondering. You know, I mean, I'm locked in my little part of the world, and I don't really get out. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, and I I know what you're saying, and because when it came out, it was just like incredible this new style of worship, and it even when we came, Tom, 20 years ago to start the church here, we were one of the few churches that was doing contemporary worship, and and the churches right. were really struggling about do we do traditional, do we do um, contemporary. Me, you know, for me, I think there's many of those old traditional songs that are very good that we do hear. Right, um, and that's what makes Calvary interesting too is the fact that we can mix in with the old with the new. Right, exactly. But as far as the energy, and you ask a good question, here's what I'm praying is that because they used to do concerts and people came and it was a great outreach. Now you have right. all these huge, you know, worship ministries, Hillsong, um, Elevation. Uh, you know, gateway th- that are awesome, and that's where you see a lot of the energy. You know what I'm praying, Tom? I'm praying, and I'm praying this daily, that God will use Calvary Chapel once again for the next Great Awakening, the next Jesus movement. That's what I'm praying, and that'll come you through know the what? teaching. I mean, of the... you're you're chilling me up here because I'm I'm praying for the same thing. Yeah, you I know? really am. And there are those who say, oh, Calvary Chapel's had its best days. I don't believe that for a minute. No, I don't think so. I believe that the best is yet to come, and that I pray that, Lord, use us as well as other churches that are committed to teaching the Word of God for the next great awakening, because that's the hope for our nation, and that's going to come through that and through worship and the simplicity of worship and the dedication of the teaching of the Word of God. I'm praying that we are used for the next Jesus movement, and and I believe he wants to use us in that way. So it's interesting you ask that question, because no, God still wants to use us, and I believe he's going to use us, and has been. I mean, this has been a revival that's been going on. absolutely, yeah. But I I think that another, you know, it was amazing, and, and not too many people, Tom, like you and me, have a history with Calvary Chapel. Um. When I came up here, I don't know about where you're at in the East Coast, but when we came up here to to Greeley, Colorado, north of Denver, 20 years ago, right. we were the only Calvary Chapel in northern Colorado. There was wow. none. No, no one knew what Calvary Chapel was about yeah. at all. But to watch the Lord work and the churches be planted and God is still working, but I believe he wants to do so much more, and he wants to pour out his spirit and use us again, and I can't right. wait. I can't wait. So, me appreciate neither. it. Good question. Well, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you could just uh, keep me lifted up in that whole area, and I'll be, uh, I'll be praying for the whole uh, revival, man, and new, uh, new outpouring of the spirit. You know, concerning all this. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, Father, I pray. Thank you for Tom calling. I, I just, um, 
to hear brother and how he's been blessed by Calvary Chapel. I thank you so much for Calvary Chapel. And I know that you're working in, in um, so many other churches and, and um, in so many ways, but I thank you for the history of Calvary Chapel. I thank you for the dedication to the teaching of the Word. And Lord, use us for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in these last days, for another Jesus movement greater than uh, we've ever seen before, especially as we are in these last days before the coming of your Son. So Lord, I pray that you encourage Tom, that that we just lift this nation up to you. We pray that um, there would be a humbling and a turning to you, and uh, we know that's the only hope for our nation is Jesus, and that there would be a great work that you desire to do. Use us and continue to do that through the Calvaries and other churches that are committed to teaching the Word and looking for you to work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too, Tom. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bianca. How are you doing, Pastor Jeff? Good, Bianca. How are you? I'm good. I just have a prayer request. I'd rather not say this person's name, although I know there wouldn't be anything wrong with me saying it, but I'd just rather not. But this person I know is has been going through a lot of spiritual warfare for quite a few months now, and the Lord knows all the details, but I'd just like you to pray for this person that the Lord would just answer their prayers, because I really love this person and these people, actually, very Dearly, and I know the Lord loves them more than even we can love them. So, absolutely, Bianca. So, Father, I do pray. Bianca has somebody that's heavy on her heart, and I just pray you know the situation, you know who it is, that you would work, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf, that you would intervene, that you would draw them to yourself. That, Lord, that they would hear you, be encouraged by you, instructed by you. That, Lord, that we lift this individual up to you, Lord, um, that's struggling, um, that may be going through difficulties. And, Lord, we just pray for you uh, to do the work that you desire to do in them and through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. I'll call back if there's a praise report. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye, Bianca. Let's go to Cindy and Thornton. Hi. Cindy? Can you hear me? How are you? I sure I'm, can. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, Good. I, w- I was calling. I, I kind of just was wondering about a little advice. Um, okay. I, I, I work at a job. Okay, and I do love the people that I work with and the profession that I work in. Um, But my struggle is, is that sometimes I feel defeated because my coworkers, majority of them, they're they're worldly, secular. Um, 
they they live lifestyles like uh, homosexual lifestyles, um, just all different lifestyles, and uh, they all just think that that's normal and that it's all okay to do that kind of stuff. Um, right. You know, having a somebody having a sex change or something that that's just perfectly normal to them. Um, right. And you know, I just you know I feel like I want to witness, but. Uh, you know, if you don't do it the right way, then they get offended, and then you kind of lose them anyway. Or on top of that, we're not even allowed to really talk about our faith too much. Yeah. Um, I So, you know, I've talked to other people, and I have one wise person that's in my life, and they always say like things like, does God have you where he wants you? And I say, well, yeah, Um and he and and I feel like it's a mission field, but then sometimes I just don't feel like anything is happening. So I guess right. other than praying, which I do, I pray for like uh, them to you know open their eyes or whatever, or just have the opportunity to minister or witness. Um, sometimes I just feel defeated. So how can I go about going to work, um, being around people? Uh, right. You know, and my heart breaks for them, for their lifestyles, how they're living and everything, without feeling so defeated and, and stuff. Yeah, it can be difficult. Um, and I'm sure that there are those who are listening kind of feel the same way. Uh, God has planted you in that place to be light and to be salt and to be a testimony of the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and so that's a mission field that you're in. Um, one of the things I always tell our people here at Calvary Chapel Greeley is when you leave these, you know, this building Sunday, Wednesday, whenever you're entering into your mission field, um, in your home, in your workplace, in the school, and it can be difficult because we see the culture around us that is getting more ungodly. Um, even as Paul would write to Timothy that it's going to be perilous times in the last days, um, and there's going to be men that are lovers to self. There's going to be deception that's going to be great. And there's going to be evil men and imposters that are going to grow worse and worse, right? We're seeing that happen today, and that's what you're feeling. And it is Paul that said to Timothy that for those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So you're going to suffer some degree of persecution in some way, whether it's comments or people you know, not liking you because you're a Christian, but you're still called to love to give the truth in in love, and to be that testimony. Now, here's where I want to encourage you, uh, Cindy. Daniel. Daniel went off into Babylon, and he determined in chapter 1 not to defile himself, right? And as he was there, he was in a very difficult place. I mean, he's 17 years old when he first goes there. He could have very easily have said, you know, when Babylon, do what the Babylonians do. I'm going to eat of the king's meat and the king's wine and compromise, but he didn't do that. And because of that, the Lord blessed him. And Daniel was full of the wisdom of God and the Spirit of God. You fast forward in his ministry when he's the right hand of Nebuchadnezzar, and then um, Nebuchadnezzar dies. He ministers, even when it's difficult, he holds his ground. Um, he is continuing to be a great man of integrity and honesty. Chapter 4, we see that Nebuchadnezzar writes his testimony, and then Nebuchadnezzar dies. Chapter 5, 
Do you know Daniel chapter five, Cindy? That um, the handwriting, I know. the handwriting on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he, here's where I want to encourage you. That here is Daniel. That for twenty years after the death of Nebuchadnezzar, to the time of Belshazzar's, they're having a party with a thousand of his lords. Here they are toasting and drinking to the gods of Babylon. They're mocking God. They're using those sanctified vessels that came from Jerusalem to toast. And all of a sudden, the handwriting on the wall came. And Belshazzar freaks out. All the people freak out. What they do is they call for the magicians, the soothsayers, the astrologers, the wise men of Babylon— to interpret the handwriting on the wall. They could not interpret it, could they? No. But then one of them said, listen, there's a man, Daniel, who ministered to your grandfather, Belshazzar, the queen mother comes out, and he's full of the wisdom of God, and the Spirit of God is on him. He'll interpret the handwriting. And Daniel, an elderly man at that time, he comes out and he interprets the handwriting on the wall. And I'm going to tell you this. To Cindy, you just be ready. You be ready for the time that God's going to use you to interpret the handwriting on the wall. Because this world is very confusing, and people are hurting, and people are wondering, and you have the wisdom of God. So continue. Timothy, you must continue in the Holy Scriptures that you've learned from childhood. You keep growing in the Word. You keep praying for them, your co-workers. You keep praying for opportunities to be able to minister the truth of God. And one day, I guarantee it, that one of them is going to be going through a very difficult time. And they're going to be scared. And they're going to be confused. And they're going to say, I'm going to go to Cindy. There's something different about her. I've heard the wisdom of the world. The astrologers, the wise men, the soothsayers don't have an answer. I'm going to go to Cindy and see what she has to say because there's something different about her. That's what you want. And you pray for those moments that people can look at you. And then when Daniel was there, the right-hand man of Darius in the Medo-Persian Empire, it says that he had an excellent spirit. And that's what you want people to see just the Spirit of God that's on you. There's something different, an excellent Spirit, that they have the wisdom of God. Oh, they may mock you right now. They may make fun of you and hold you out at arm's length. It's hard to hear the language and the discussions and what they approve, but God wants to use you. You just be ready, okay? Okay. So it's just being patient, which is kind of my not my strong suit. <laughs> I, well, I guess well, is what it is. Yeah, and let me tell you, it's not my strong point either. But you know what? I, I think that God does want to use us in those times. For 20 years, we don't know what Daniel was doing, but I'm sure Daniel was continuing to be in the Scriptures. We know he continued to pray. That was his custom clear up to the end of his life before he got thrown into the lion's den. But it was the same with Joseph, Joseph in the book of Genesis. Joseph was in prison ministering the best he could in prison, and all of a sudden he gets called up uh, to minister to Pharaoh, and he interprets the dream, and Pharaoh says, you know what, you have the wisdom of God. 
And God wants to use you in that way so you never know when he's going to call you and you're going to interpret the handwriting on the wall and you're able to give truth and to be able to say that God's word says this and, and to be used in that way. But people, hopefully they will see you and be able to say that they have the spirit of God. You know, there's something different about it and just continue to be that light. And I think that's a message for a lot of people that are listening right now at this moment. Just continue to be a light and be ready and and okay. hold to truth, okay, in love. Speak the truth in love. Okay? Well, that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I pray for every every morning, you know, when I go in there and I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> you know, give me that boldness and strength and, uh, you know, get, open those doors. Um, yeah. for me to be able to minister or witness um, right. and, and stuff. And we need we need to pray that every day for God's strength. So why don't we do that? We're about ready in the show. As Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to minister to others. And I pray for Cindy and for others who are listening that go to the workplace where it's difficult and it's hard as we see a culture and a society that's rebelling more against you and against your ways. And it's hard to to be there day after day. But, Lord, I do pray that you would bless in every way. Give Cindy the wisdom. May the people see the Spirit of God on her, that excellent Spirit of God in her life. And I just pray that you would use her in a mighty way and all of us to be a light and truth to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Cindy. Amen. Hey, Thank you. Sorry we, sorry we didn't get to everybody. Uh, Call in next time. Love to be able to talk with you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.